now for something special. The unit is self-contained with its own saddler, farrier, wheelwright, and so on. It's a rigorous training dished on who know all there is to know about horses, and it brings results. We take you behind the scenes now to show just some of the interesting aspects of this training. Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein, the best podcast for great sound of horses from the ground up. Mike Stein is a registered journeyman farrier with an APF1 accreditation. On this week's episode, new for 2023, we're going to be talking terminology, defining terms that you may hear by your veterinarian or farrier. Also, a quick case study about Freddie and also transitioning horses from colder climates to southern warmer climate and how to prepare those shoes as well. All this and much, much more will be discussed here on Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. And over to my far end side is Mike Stein. Stein, how are you? I'm doing good, Travis. How are you? I'm doing good. Brand new year, brand new you, brand new me. I'm, I'm sure everyone out there is, is tired of hearing that story. But, Mike, as far as 2023, do you have any, like, New Year's resolutions or anything that you've been thinking of that I need to change or I'd like to fix or I'd like to do or anything like that? No. Yes, I've got a resolution, <laughs> 2023, to be better than 2022. Yes, we can all hope for, you always hope for bigger and better. I try not to make resolutions because I know in the first week or two I'm going to break them, right? Well, not in the first day or two. Well, something that we have, and it wasn't a New Year's resolution. It's something that we've been trying to do. And, Mike, when you pulled up to here to the studio, the horses love to hear that big rolling truck that you got going because they know that whatever's ailing their feet, you're going to come in here and, and fix and whittle down and, and oh, sure. <laughs> do they whatever. Me. They run all over the, the pastures, and we got to go out there and grab them. Because our mare, Dominique, has not been exercising as much, and you've noticed how much weight she had been putting on. Right. For the last 30 days, my wife has actually actually backed off of her groceries and started training her a little bit more on a regular basis, two days a week now, before it was like when she felt like it. Right, um, right. So she might go two weeks without any exercise, but now she's actually lost, I don't know how much weight, but you can... She's s- definitely lost, trimmed down. Did you she's notice... She's a bad weight now. Did you notice that when you when yes, you pulled up? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> and I went and talked to him over the fence, and she asked me for cookies, and I did not have any, and her little friend made I love you faces. You know, Mike, Mike you're in that situation where... You come over to the, the house, the hacienda here. Hacienda. You see him and you're like, whoa, I don't want to say anything because you don't want to make the other person feel bad. But, Mike, if, if my horses are putting on weight, just go, hey, you got a fat horse out there. You need to do well, something. Travis, you don't mind saying stuff to me that makes me feel bad when I first get here. Mike, you look good every time I see you. Yeah, that's what you say on air. So um, don't forget, for every podcast we do, we have a matching video as well. Uh, You can follow us on YouTube. You can follow us on Facebook. All you have to do is search Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. I'll make sure you like and subscribe. And if you have any questions for Mike Stein, the way you get those questions in is to go to equinedynamics.com. At the top of the page, says contacts. Fill that out. Uh, Make sure you put a return address in there, and we'll send you out some magnets, some stickers, and all this free swag that we have here as well. So, Mike, what's been going on for the last seven days or so with you? I had a discussion with... One of my farrier friends who has been doing some work up at stake in the vet clinic. You know, when Kurt was working up there, he was pretty much full-time there with Dr. Mansman. And Kurt since retired, and I think they have shuffled a few people through and had a couple people they were using. But he said that they have gone to hire somebody that was instead of contract and was probably going to be, if I understand right, was going to be a state employee and be resident farrier state. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, I know a few years ago I interviewed with UC Davis. 
you know, for the way I've operated over the years, just kind of decided that wasn't going to be the thing for me. Now, to be an employee in that field for the state, would you have concerns? I don't, I don't know. I'm just throwing this out there because well, I don't. You're going to be going back and forth with the vets and the vet school, and I think that everybody in this business wants the best for the horse. If not, they shouldn't be in this business, but there's going to be some definite politics. One of the problems in my case, I'm about as computer illiterate as they come, and there was going to be a fair amount of computer work. That was a hang-up. You might have to go to the community college and take those little night courses where you have to sit in front of a computer with all these other grandmas and grandpas in there learning how to type out an email. What's an email? Well, you know, I have tried more than anybody to be as computer illiterate as possible, and I've pretty well achieved that. You know what? You're really good on your phone because anytime I need to get a hold of you or you need to send information back and forth to me, forget the email address, forget, you know, scanning and do all that stuff. Mike just takes pictures and sends them to me by text message. That's fine. A lot of people can't even do that, and that's a perfect way that you and I can communicate. Right. And you communicate about 90% of your work through, like, text messages and, and your phone. So your phone is right. just an extension of the computer, Mike. So you're oh. doing you're doing good. Well, I had, I had to a few years ago get away from my basic flip phone because they were trying to send me x-rays and stuff, and everybody started to scold me for, we, we can't get anything to you. Well, so, times, they are changing, Mike. Well, yeah, but if I retire from this, which I'm not planning on, it, I'm going to go back to str- a string in a can. Speaking of the times, that they are changing, Mike. Uh, not today, because we do our show every Monday. Right. But this Wednesday, we would be on the air for one full year. Wow. Can you believe that, Mike? One full year? So happy. You didn't think we'd make it, did you? I did, Mike. I did. <laughs> well, That's so not I, what you said So I like the garage. I would, I would like to say happy anniversary to Mike yeah. and, and everyone here that makes Equine Dynamics possible. Uh, we appreciate all you guys. Uh, and to thank you for this year, a full year, and another hopefully several years to come. It's been a big learning curve for people who want to do a podcast. There's a lot more involved in this than I would have ever dreamed. <laughs> Just sitting down and talking to your friend across the table? Right. Yeah, they, there's a lot more to it. So we appreciate all the support and everything that we've had from our listeners out there, from our local community, from our farriers here and far. And uh, we just appreciate you guys. So we just like to say thank you and happy anniversary to all of us because we all did it together. Not just me and Mike sitting here behind the microphone, chitting and chatting about horses. Support staff. Sitting here and chatting about horses' feet. But everyone who actually uh, takes part of it, whether it's downloading it, whether it's sharing us, happy anniversary to all of us in general. All right, guys, we got a big show to get into. Stick around. Lots to talk about. You're listening to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stockton. He'll be right back. Come gather around people wherever you roam. And admit that the waters around you have grown And accept it that soon you'll be drenched to the bone If your time to you is worth saving Then you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone For the times they are a-changing Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. He was the official farrier of the 2018 World Equestrian Games. And to get your questions into Mike Stein, the way you do that is go to equinedynamics.com, fill out the little form at the top of the page, ask him any question that you like. If you'd like to say, hey, happy anniversary, we'd love to hear from you as well. Make sure you follow him on Facebook and YouTube as well. Like and subscribe over there and be part of this great family that we call Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. And over to my far hand side is Mike Stein. How are you? I'm doing okay, Travis. How are you doing? Doing all right. 
right. So we're going to change it up a little bit. Going into 2023, we're still in season four here, but we're going to add a, a small little segment called talking terminology, defining terms that you might hear from your veterinarian or your farrier. Like even you, Mike, you'll say something here in the studio. If I don't grasp it and I can catch it out of the air and, and, and go, okay, what did he mean by that? I will ask you because I'm the simpleton of the show. Mike is a professional of the show. So this week we're going to define what the term, if you hear it called a baxel, A-B-A. X-I-A-L, a backsole. So tell me what it is and when would you hear it? A backsole, a backseal, if you're, I've heard it pronounced a couple different ways. Well, I'm from Florida, so we have an accent down well, there. Well, you know. <laughs> you have axial and a backseal. Axial is towards the center, like the center of the foot. A backseal would be away from the center to the outside. From the center of the body would be axial. Okay, wait, Mike, wait, hold on. Right. You got you got to slow down a little bit. Like I said, I'm from Florida. So. You're from Florida. <laughs> right. Slow down and go over like you're talking to me like I'm five years old and start from there. Okay. Because you say these words all the time, and that's what I'm saying. When when I hear these words and they fly by me, you're on to another sentence. I'm like, going, well, what was that word that he said? Let's start. A back seal. How do you pronounce it? A back seal. Yeah. Okay, when we're dealing with veterinarians more so than, than the horse owners, we'll use more directional terms when we're describing describing something back and forth to each other. A back seal would be away from the center of the horse, away from the center of the body. If you're talking about the hoof, away from the center of the hoof to the outside, not towards the center. You have an axis in the limb. You have an axis in every joint. That would be axial. A back seal would be to the outer perimeter. No matter what part of the horse you're no talking about. No matter what part of the horse you're talking about. So if I'm talking about the head, instead of me saying the center of the head or the right ear or the left ear, you would say the back seal. If it was axial, it would be towards the center. If it was a back seal, it would be away from the center. Now, like a boat has port in starboard. Axial could be on either side, front, or the back. Okay, so it doesn't refer to it doesn't refer to left side or right side. No, it does not refer to left side or right side. It's just a direction away from. Where would you hear that word in a sentence if a farrier was saying it, or if a veterinarian would say it? Basically, use that term in a sentence. The abscess was in the most axial part of the hill. So it's it's from the center out. From the center out to the outside. From the outside in, what would they call that? What would be the opposite of a back seal? Axial. Axial. Everybody get that? I think. <laughs> what other terms would they use in corporation with a back seal? Mm, there's a lot of different terms that we use. Middle to the outside is, is medial lateral. Medial to the middle, lateral to the outside. Like medial side of the foot, lateral side of the foot. Uh, palmer would be to the palm to the ground surface. And we're going to go through more of these as we go. Now, a back seal... Ever hear your trainer use that to a rider to describe something? Like, I need you to move your body or shift your weight to the back side or back seal to the horse? Would you ever see that in a trainer-rider situation? It could be used for sure. I don't know what terminology which trainer uses because we've all got our own terminology. And it seems like we invent a lot of terminology as we go, especially down here in the south. We got our own words for everything. All right, guys, stick around. If we haven't totally confused you, stick around. We'll confuse you even more. No, we'll clear it all up here shortly. Stick around. You're listening to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. He'll be right back. Been dazed and confused for so long, it's not true. Wanted a woman, never bargained for you. Lots of people talking. Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. He is now a licensed thoroughbred farrier through the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission. And don't forget, for every podcast we do, we have a matching video, me waving to Mike, Mike waving to me. Got the parade wave. <laughs> you do have the parade wave going. Homecoming queen. If you've never watched a 
Equine Dynamics video. Now's your chance to go over there and watch them. I know uh, we broadcast on iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all these different audio sources, but there's a lot more behind the scenes that we have over at YouTube. And part of the stuff that we bring to you are actual on-scene photos that Mike takes while doing his horse care and his normal everyday routines as far as fixing horses' feet. This one right here is a case study called Freddy. This is Freddy. Now, Freddy had a quarter crack due to a coronary band injury. So jump on over to YouTube right now, and you can watch this in real time as we're talking about it right here. Now, warning, there is a little bit of blood in here, so I don't know if you get a little squeamish, you know, get the little kids away. So what are we looking at here? Here's Freddy's foot. Here's Freddy's foot. This was early on when I first saw Freddy. Probably hadn't even pulled the shoe for the first time. And, you know, I started picking at the crack to see where it went with a knife, and I said, hmm, maybe I should take a picture of this. But this horse had had a wire injury or something at some point. Now, when you say a wire injury, like he got caught in a fence? Maybe or- in the fence. Maybe his buddies helped him. You, you, you can't tell what they do to each other. The bulb of the hill was damaged. There was a definite dip into the coronary band if you palpated it with your finger right where the crack itself started. Now, the problem we have with Freddie is he's pretty lame at this point, and that whole area was pretty inflamed way back on the foot. It looks like his whole heel has broken off, and it's just being held on by the, the horseshoe itself. It kind of is, and it's kind of pushed under, and that's part of the problem. That whole piece back there is very unstable and very inflamed. Now, we had all kinds of great suggestions made to us on how to do it and steered away from some because, well, we got to build it, we got to build it, we got to build it. But the problem sometimes with one of those things, as sore as he was, I mean, I could take my thumb and put anywhere on there and put slight pressure, and he would react to it. Now, how old was this horse, and what was his job? I'm going to say he was 10 or 12. So um, still a young horse. Relatively, yes. He had had some dressage training, and I think the idea that he was going to go back to being a dressage horse. He had been turned out in the field because of not being sound. Now, this this crack that's, that we're looking at here on the video, or the actual picture of, of Freddie's feet, how long from it being a small crack to this crack would it have taken to get to this point? I don't know. Weeks? Weeks, months, years. You know, part of the problem with this foot, if you look at where the center of rotation would be... But the heels are pushed forward and under. Now, that's putting pressure on that piece that's not really wanting to connect to the front part. All right, so here's the next picture. What are we looking at here? At this point, we had applied a shoe to the foot, trimmed out the area. Because of the fact that it was moving around so much, didn't really want to build the foot. Yeah, you know, we've got to build it, got to build it, got to build it. Sometimes that's not the thing to do. Now, would you have had your buddy Ian, the crack fixer, would you call him in or get some information on him? Because he was one who does the crack fixing the most. He does a lot of it. And this is a, this would be considered an Ian crack repair. If you, it, it could have been, yes. Okay. We chose, going back and forth with the vet, to kind of remove the hoof. We were a little concerned about abscessing and that sort of thing. So we wanted everything as open as possible. So you want to make sure there wasn't any kind of infection, some kind of bad right. bad stuff underneath that crack. So what has happened here is the hoof wall has been taken way down and thinned way down, so there's not much hoof wall there at all. And if you look between the shoe and the foot, that is all off the shoe up to the crack. It looks about a half inch to a quarter inch off of the shoe. Right. So when the horse loads it, it's not putting pressure on that area. 
anytime that we got any pressure there, he was very reactive. Oh, I can imagine. With him being that reactive, I just wanted pressure off. Now, here's another shot. We're working with a vet. Now, I see a little blood here, so everyone out there be careful. Right. So what what are we doing here? What happened here? The watch is not me. That's the veterinarian. But we're cleaning down the crack at this point. You know, the crack actually pretty well goes all the way through the hoof wall, and we're getting through all the dead material. So I was working with a veterinarian direct on with this, and when we were penetrating the hoof wall itself, I was working directly with the veterinarian. So we want to get down in there and debride all the damaged hoof wall, clean it out, and get it where it's not inflamed, not pinching, not damaged. So it's essentially, is it just hanging on, for lack of a better term, by the meat of the leg? Sort of, yeah. That sounds good, Travis. We'll go with that. Um, like a bad cuticle. Yes, exactly. So we want to make sure we've got everything cleaned up. Now, when you cleaned it up or got into this point, did you see anything that made you concerned? Was there any abscess? Was there any kind of uh, fungus or thing that you should? No, it really wasn't a fungus still. It was just, you know, it's attached between the front and back completely on the hoof. And just the, the movement in there was causing problems. Now, because it was so inflamed, I mean, it took very little to nothing to touch that hoof wall and him to go, oh, my God, this hurts. So now this next picture here, the whole entire side has been removed, almost like on last episode where you were putting the butter on, right. the, on the horse. This is a, almost the same same type scenario. Same type scenario. We've gone a little further with it. We've gotten a piece of hardware between the horse and the ground. We go back in there and we've filled the whole bottom of this thing with pack rubber to A, take pressure off provide support. We didn't want any gravel or anything put up there because his turnout was on clay and gravel. And uh, But you could look all the way up in the coronary band and you can see some of the damage up there where that is not pristine, not perfect. That whole area has been, been cut away. Mm-hmm. And so what we want is a good stable foot growing down as best we can get. Now, one of the deals with him was talking to, we, we want to put a Z-bar on it, but the problem with a Z-bar, we're not on prepared track surface. You'll see more of that there. The other problem is support of the bone column. And just to simplify things, we just went with a rubber pack. We could have welded in a heart bar. You can say, well, I, I could have done this, I could have done that. Well, we could have done a lot of different things. This is what kind of, we were consulting back and forth to Dick Mansman. Dick loves the rubber. Rubber, did the job. We got this guy happy. So what are we looking at here? Here's here's the foot down on the okay, surface. This is, this is a little later on. We've done a little more cleanup down at the bottom, and we want to make sure that we're through any damaged area in the hoof, and sometimes that means we get a little blood, a little drainage. You know, this is a little later on. You can see where that's come down a little bit. Now, do you have to wait for the hoof to stop bleeding before you start packing it, or can you pack it on top of this? If you would build a foot like that or lace it, you've got to run a drain line and what you do is you run a piece of tubing that is coated with uh, a medicated wax or something like that and you build over top of it and then you pull the tube out and then it can be flushed this doing it like this we could take gauze and just saturate it with whatever we want to medicate with you know, Novasan or, or whatever the vet chooses to use and we could put it in there and wrap a piece of duct tape around the foot and leave the area clean and medicated now any hoof wounds there's nothing such as completely sterile Okay, come back a little later. Now, how, when you say later, days, hours, how long it, between the, the bloody foot that we just saw? And, we, and uh, this looks clean. This looks like it's starting to callous over. It's, it's calloused in. You've got some hoof horn that has built in. 
you know, you've got hoof horn growing down. We're starting to get back to where we're, we're making a little more contact with the shoe. I'm sorry, again, how long before the bloody foot and then this one? We're going a few shoeing periods. Okay, so two months? A cup, couple months. couple probably. months, okay. Let's call it a couple months. Okay. Let's go with a couple months. Well, I'm just trying to give people the idea of how quickly this is not like I'm going to fix it today and, and no. he's riding tomorrow. This is after a couple months that this is now starting to, again, calcify over. Well, and it's gra- granulated in, and we got hoof growing down from the top, and, you know, and with something like this, you do build from your laminar structures on the laminar horn side. That granulates in that that can actually thicken a little bit. I used to think it didn't, but when I, was, I think we kind of decided it does. What we were looking at as far as it coming down to the shoe is the abaxial edge of the foot. Now this is the finished product? This is the finished product. Or is this phase one of the finished product and then eventually it goes well, on no, to something? he's still got some rubber in there. You see the little mesh in there. Yeah, the little celluloid uh, stuff. As, as far as taking the hours and hours to clean it up for posterity. Posterity for pictures. But you can see where that's grown down. There is some difference in the uh, pigment in the foot. Now it, is this the actual hoof or is this the packing? That, that is actual hoof. Oh, it is. So th- it's grown back that much. It looks like a whole brand new foot. It is like a whole brand new foot. If you look up at the coronary band, that is as not as much of a bind as it was in. It's not arched up as hard. We've got a foot grown down. This guy's gone back to some level of work. And this was several years back when that went on. And you can always look at stuff and, boy, I wish I had done this or I wish I had done that or I wish I had changed. Now, one thing I will say about the shoe that's under him, I think that's like an equilibrium that has a pretty aggressive roll on the front of the hoof wall. I can see it on both sides, coming up to the hoof and, and what's hitting the surface. Yeah, under the toe, the forward breakover is rolled out pretty good to give it a little little easier as far as moving forward. Now, this horse went on back and someone else shoeing the horse and he had a ride career. So he's good to go. Freddie's good he's, to go. He's good to go as long as we don't... Start jamming this, let those heels jam under again. And the process of doing this foot and, and correcting this foot, the other three feet were looking okay? Did you, did you examine those as well, or do you just concentrate on this one foot? Well, the the big problem, you know, we're, we're concentrating on all the feet, right? But the big problem we were having with him having his ride career was this foot. So this was our biggest biggest task was to manage the situation and get it grown down and get his foot connected. It's like right there. There's no crack in that, right? No, it looks solid. Like I said, that looks like a brand new foot. It still looks like and, new growth. And with everything cleaned up, you can see the difference in the hoof from where all that was kind of cut off and damaged. The difference in the uh, pigment of the hoof. Now I'm looking at this one over here, mm-hmm. the one, the one in the the background here. Right. Is that chippy or is that just looking like it's a, a little chippy? I mean, we had some brittle feet to deal with. Okay, so that's why I was trying. I didn't know the terminology that I should use, but yeah, it looks like this one's a little brittle. Yeah. You know, this guy did go back to work. His feet did want to run forward, and I can sit here and pick up a number of things to criticize because he had a little bit of that elf toe thing going. You're always pushing it back, but then you got to go with what the, the depth of the foot will allow because if you got no depth and you really start pushing it back and you take down on the front of the foot, you may not have nothing to walk on. He's walking. He's happy. He's riding, and he went on to have... A good, good many years of still riding. Well, good, good. Great success story about Freddie. All right, guys, stick around. A couple more things to talk about. You're listening to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. He'll be right back.
Yep. All right. Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. He was the official farrier of the 2018 World Equestrian Games. And the way you can reach out to Mike Stein is go over to equinedynamics.com. At the top of the page says contact us. Make sure you do the drop down that says podcast. Fill out the little form there. If you have a question form, we'll read it on the air. If you just have a question in general, make sure you put a return address and we'll send you out some free stuff that we have here in the studio. Also, if you'd like Mike to come out and perform at your event or do a clinic at your location, uh, there's a spot there too that says clinics. Fill that out. Michael pencil you and schedule you as soon as he possibly can. And over to my far inside is Mike Stein. How are you? I'm doing good, Travis. How are you doing? Doing all right. Now, we've gotten out of this cold snap, and all the horses are out there walking in the muddy pastures now because all the ground. We had yes, rain. They are. We had rain. Then we had the big freeze, so the ground froze, and now everything's starting to thaw out. We're getting a, we're bumping around 45 degrees at night, if not 45, 40 degrees at night. But Which is good, solid winter for us. It is a good, solid winter, and also it thaws out the pastures out there which now turns to mush mush so yes. the horses are walking around in mush it ruins the pastures but you know that's what spring and summer is for but a lot of horses you said uh you've got friends that when it gets cold up north they bring the horses down to florida what kind of weather change or what kind of um precautions do you need to take let's say you're bringing a, a horse from colorado this time of year to even north carolina where we do have some winters and we do have some cold weather and we do have the ground that freezes now and then right. how would you prepare horses feet going from cold to a warmer climate. Now, last week we talked about making, what do they call them, snow, snowball pads Snowball pads going up north. What's the reverse of that coming here? Well, I've just had a couple trailer loads come in from, I believe they came out of Michigan, but they're down for some winter training. Some of them will go on to Florida, but they're coming down wearing snowball pads of different sorts. Down here, we may not want them, so when we're redoing the horses, we will remove them. Now, one thing, you've had a horse that's been wearing pads for some time. The feet soften up. The bottom of the soles soften up. There's less callus. There's less anything. When you're trying to transition a horse from shoes to barefoot, same thing. Sometimes we need to toughen that foot up. One of the old school cures is the Venice Turpentine. That's been around the U.S. Calvary, probably on back further than that. And there's a number of more modern things, like the Caratex, Crossapol, a few other hardeners that can be used. You kind of want to harden the foot up and during this wet weather you know the feet will get kind of mushy so you're going to have to maintain a little bit more thrush treatment check on that uh, you may need to throw something on there to harden feet and prepare the foot to be more exposed. I've, I brought this up before. Uh, even in the first season, I brought this up. My wife has this round jar, plastic jar, with almost like a painter's tape or painter's brush handle. Right. And she'll pull it out and she'll wipe the horse, the front of the horse's feet with that. What is that actual stuff? I don't know what she's got in her jar. <laughs> well, I think she says or mentioned something about it helps harden the feet. Okay. Does that make sense? It may be an it's, oil. It's clear. It's clear. Yeah. Now, a lot of times on a shod foot, I use a sealant, and I've gone through a number of them, and one I use is, is seems to stay longer mm-hmm. and do more good. Some of the sealants will make the outside of the hoof wall brittle. The Cavalar Tough is what I use as a sealant. It tends to stay longer, but what it's doing is slowing down the transfer of water in and out of the hoof wall. Now, you don't want the horse wall not to breathe no. because then you're trapping moisture behind it and you're creating shadow and moisture. Which We're kind of replacing the periopelic layer that is dressed off and cleaned off when we work on feet. I know the term we're using next week. In slowing that down, when you got these feet that are just sopping wet conditions, part of the problem is I don't think we can completely... 
with all the oils and everything else you put on there, really replace the natural oils that come from the body and the hoof. I think that's pretty pretty hard to do. But something on the outside of the foot may slow down losing that oil. When you've got feet that have been sopping wet for a long time, and when it dries out, they start breaking, cracking and breaking. Because, oh, my God, it's through the dry weather's breaking the horse. You know, when I was working out in the Midwest... I spent some time in Arizona. Uh, I've a few other places in Colorado. Feet that were dry all the time, we didn't have cracking problems. Here, when feet get dry, some of these feet explode. But the problem is, is during that wet time, losing those natural oils, and when it dries out, then the foot becomes more brittle. If you got a foot that stayed dry and the natural oils are still in the foot, it's not that big a deal. So these horses, this pack of horses, this busso trailer, how did they come down? Horses that came from Michigan. Right. And they've got the snow bunny feet on. So What's the first thing that you do? Take those pads off, and then you do what to them? To get them ready for the North Carolina well, we're training. Gonna, we're going to address a few things a little different with shoeing. With the snowball pads, I know that some of them are wearing the rim pad where it's got the big round tube around the inside. Part of the problem with leaving that on, where they are is a sandy environment. And without something, that sand starts packing up under that pad. You know, the outer edge of the shoe supports the hoof wall. Got a primary load on the hoof wall, secondary load on the sole. When you start wedging that sand in there, some of those horses can get, if they're thin-soled, can get sore from the sand wedging in behind, between the pad that's trapping in there. It's like sandpaper moving around in there. Kind of, yes, and it builds up. You keep packing it, you, you can build pressure. So we're going to be removing the snowball pads. They may want to use some magic cushion. There's hawthorns. There's a lot of people that have hoof packings out there that are good if the horse gets a little sore-footed. You know, immediately, I'll probably, you know, when the horse is done, I'll probably go ahead and paint them down while everything's fresh and clean with uh, some of my turpentine mix. And they're good to go for here in North Carolina or from North Carolina down? Well, that would be the plan, yes. Okay. And allow that to do what it does as far as toughening the foot up because we're going to have more exposed foot that has not been exposed for a while. So if, if a horse comes from Michigan, right. freezing temperatures, mm-hmm. to North Carolina like these did, how long... Should or do you wait in order to, once you transferred their feet into North Carolina shoes, could they start working? Or is it almost instantaneously? Well, the plan is these horses are coming down to be in training. Right. So, I so mean, they're going to work. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You don't want to sit around and wait two weeks while you got all these mouths to feed. Right. Waiting for their feet to toughen up. To, you know, toughen up, kid. Well, that's one of those deals where you kind of got to look at mass of the foot when you're working on it. And there are times, perfect balance, sometimes you take away a certain amount of foot. Sometimes you got to look at mass. And as Doc Red says, sometimes mass trumps balance because if you always oh, nitpick balance to the perfect foot, we don't have enough foot to walk on. Yeah, the horse is out of work. He's got to have enough foot there that he can go right into work and keep rolling without having any kind of reaction. So we don't want to thin anything down that we need. So you got to pay attention to that when you're redoing the horse. You always have to, especially with these event horses that are hitting the ground hard. Not that we want to leave the feet long or out of place, but between them and the coffin bone and the ground, we got to keep enough mass in there to keep that uh, solcorium happy because we don't want to abuse it. All right, guys, stick around when we come back. What did we learn today? And wrap up the show. You're listening to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein. He'll be right back. It's getting better all the time. I used to get. It's getting 
Welcome back to Equine Dynamics with Mike Stein, the best podcast to create sounder horses from the ground up. Mike Stein is a registered journeyman fairy with an APF1 accreditation. Make sure you follow Mike Stein over on YouTube. You can see the pictures we were talking about Freddie's foot and how we fixed the, uh, what was it called, the quarter crack due to a coronary band injury. So make sure you go over there and check that out as well over on YouTube. And make sure you like and subscribe over there as well. And if you put any comments down below, we try immediately to reply to them as soon as possible. And we'd like to hear from you as well on the way you do that to contact us is to go to equinedynamics.com ask mike a question put a return address and if you like mike to come out and perform a clinic at your location or your event fill out that section that says clinic as well and over my far inside is mike stein how are you i'm doing good travis all right so what do we learn today we're a new segment that we're trying to work into our normal everyday conversation here on the podcast for 2023 is talking terminology and this week's word was a back seal so what is a back seal the back seal is away from the axis or the center line or the center of mass and it depends on what part of the body you're talking about but it can be any part of the horse it can be any part of the horse it can be be part of you travis (laughs) so my my stomach is a backseal for my spine Yes, yes it is. There you go. So you can figure it out. Uh, and a case discussion about Freddie. Steps that you took to fix and what caused the quarter crack due to an old coronary band injury. Well, Freddie, we did not build that. We did not lace it. Sometimes it's appropriate to build them in. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes with these things, if they're too inflamed and too touchy, you want to make sure everything's wide open. But Freddie went on to have a good career without that piece of hoof flapping around back there aggravating him. And if you want to see those pictures, go over to YouTube as well, and you can see that in the video portion of the podcast. And also, transitioning horses coming from a colder climate, like up in Michigan, down to our our mushy marshland that we have now in North Carolina during this time of year. What should you do and what should you look for? Well, we're trying to toughen up feet, dry out feet, harden up feet, make sure we don't lose too many of the natural oils in the foot, and prepare them good work, because that's what they're coming down here for, to go into steady training and go back home and some of them are going to go back north so then we have to transition prepare for that some of them are going to go on south some of them will stay here so don't think that the shoes that you're wearing in michigan will will ride down here in north carolina right the ground's different i mean it's like from here to we had a discussion about horses being just south of atlanta which is not that far away but there are differences in how we got to manage the ground. When I was working out in the Midwest, going back and forth and traveling, when I was traveling a lot more, the feet out there, as far as prepping them, were very different from the southeastern foot. So it, it's going to vary from place to place. And throughout a ferry's career, you're going to see more of this, and you're going to have to learn how to work through this condition, that condition, feet coming from here, feet, feet that are going somewhere else. And I need that horse sound happy no matter where he lands. And I'd like to say Happy New Year to Mike Stein and everyone here at Equine Dynamics, and that means you too, all of our listeners out there, all of our supporters out there, anyone who's ever taken part of our show from all our guests that we've had here in the studio and on the phones. Uh, we'd like to thank them and say happy anniversary. We've gone through one year of Equine Dynamics. We just say two more years to come. Yes, definitely more years to come. We're just getting warmed up and get started trying to figure out where this thing's going to go, right, Travis? That's right. On behalf of Mike Stein over there. Thank you. Have a good day. My name is Travis Saying, See you next week. Yep. All of the doggies are in the corral. All of your work.